This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. It's been an eventful week or uneventful week, depending on which side you're on. Um, I don't know. It was eventful for both sides. I think it was. Well, it's still eventful, apparently. Yes. Uh, the, the events have not ended in certain places. So, again, rock your head under. Tuesday was midterm election day here in the United States, and it's now Saturday, and we still don't have the results in certain places, Arizona, Florida, and Georgia. Some key positions are still being contested. Um, I did see that uh, Andrew Gillum can st- Took back his I concede today. Oh, sure. Because he didn't concede finally. He conceded on Tuesday, but I guess on Saturday yep. he decided he might have a shot, so he don't concede. I don't know what the legal, legal ramifications are of that. Maybe there's none. It's meaningless. I thought it was. You still have to count the votes whether they concede or yes. not. <laughs> so it's still kind the of important. Keep, the votes keep showing up. <laughs> yes, that's. we'll talk about that in a second. So, you know, I, I read a lot this week. I want to play a little clip from CNN on election night how they reacted to how things went. Now, I understand that things changed a little bit since they recorded this, but I thought it was indicative of their mood. So it's got Van Jones as part of this. So let's uh, listen. Is this his rainbow quote? No. Okay. Okay, Look, there was a dream tonight for Democrats, which was that early on, They'd be able to say, okay, we, you know, we won a couple in Virginia, we won in Kentucky, and this is going to show that this wave is starting and you, and you can't stop it. Now, they can still win the House. I think it's probably more likely they will win the House than not. But, um, but they can't have – there's no tsunami. There's, there's no tsunami coming. I mean, winning the House by one vote, by one member is enough, is enough for them. But there's a lot of disappointment that I'm hearing – uh, from people. I'm also hearing talk about recounts in Florida. Can you believe it? And lawyers <laughs> going to Florida. So, um, you know, this this has to really play out. But the excitement, I think, is the the cliche Among is Democrats. the balloon is popping. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of excitement. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, well, first of all, there are still people standing in line in Georgia. There's still people standing in line in Florida. People, This is not over. People need to, to stay out there and continue the fight. Uh, this is heartbreaking, though. Uh, it's heartbreaking. Uh, the hope has been that the antibodies would kick in, that this sort of infestation of, of hatred and division uh, would, re- would, would draw a response from the American people, really in both parties, to say no and no, no more. Uh, that does not seem to be happening tonight. It's not a blue wave, but it's still a blue war. We've got to continue the, the fight forward. Uh, but uh, I think that sense of helplessness that has really fueled a lot of this uh, outrage and, and outpouring from Democrats uh, may still be there tomorrow, even if we have the House. Governor? Now, I, I want to point out Van Jones talks about divisiveness, and he's still employed, <laughs> and I believe he was quite divisive in any authority position. So CNN's still employing Van Jones to be divisive, well, although he, he's, he's Mr. He's Mr. White Lash, yes, right? That yes. was his... Yes. That was his famous quote about the Trump election. This was a white lash. Oh my! So he's also he's also an unapologetic card carrying communist. Yes, yes. So remember oh, what, I, what I he's don't know, saying. Maybe he's maybe he's recanted that. I have not for, heard it recanted. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe he's just a kinder, gentler communist. And by the way, I'm not using the communist as a pejorative. <laughs> no. Like capital C member of the Communist Party. <laughs> yes. Okay, let, don't don't Red make a mistake here. I'm not calling him a communist. <laughs> he is. 
a self-proclaimed communist. Yes, he's not a democratic socialist. Don't, don't confuse the two. Right. He's a communist with a big C. Yes, you're right. I, I thought it was interesting. He said the people standing in line continue to fight the war. Fight the war. You're standing wait, in line thought, to vote. Wait a minute. I thought all that military language was bad, Shaq. Well, it you know, is like bad. We're not allowed to call the caravan an invasion. Well, it's very militaristic. But but it's a war. It's a war. Well, I, I like he, he was very militaristic in his speech. We're out there to fight. You don't know who's standing in line to vote. Right. But there's people standing in line to vote. You assume they're going to vote Democrat. Right. Because all those. Well, and actually in Florida, the people that are usually voting last are the ones in the panhandle. Yes. So those are not his uh, Those are not his peeps not in terms of the war. That, that's they're on the wrong side of the war. That's because they're in a different time zone, folks. That's right. why they vote an hour later. They don't just keep the polls open later for panhandle yes. folks. Now, again, it's interesting. Florida seems to be – has an inability to vote correctly. No matter what material you give them, they can't seem to vote no. correctly. Well, there always seems to be a problem. No, wait. It's not all of Florida. Broward Where County. <laughs> Broward County and Palm Beach County. Yes. Um, bastions of Liberalism. democratic, yeah. progressive politics. These yes. were the same counties that were the ones that were attempting to cheat Al Gore to the presidency. Yes. And now all well, of a sudden. they're trying to cheat again. Yes. And now they're trying to cheat Gillum and. Um, well, Oh, Jeez. for crying Scott. Out. Yes. Well, no, Rick Scott. No, Rick no. Scott for, for um, Rick Scott Nelson. Nelson, yes. They're trying to cheat them. Now you say, oh, what do you mean cheating? You're, they're counting the votes. Okay, a couple of things about this. <laughs> Florida law requires, first of all, all of these – like there are – in every state, there are rules for recounts depending on what the margin is. Right. And it varies by state. You know, it could be within 1% of the total vote. But nevertheless, in Florida – one of the things that has to happen immediately after the polls close is they have to tell you how many more ballots still need to be counted. Mm -hmm. And so how many total ballots do we have that are left? Right. And how many are still outstanding that we have to we haven't finished counting? Broward County and Palm Beach have both refused to give any of those numbers. Have now, they not been sued by They Scott have been and, and they lost. Yeah. A judge has already said I think either today or yesterday, it's probably today, I think um, you're in violation of Florida law. Yeah. Because here's the thing, Chad, why is it important to tell people how many total ballots there are? Well, because they're suddenly magically going to appear more Democratic yes. votes than our people. It's, it's <laughs> funny how that works, is that if you don't actually have a number, then you can kind of keep, oh, we found another box in the basement of more ballots. Didn't, didn't a teacher, there was a teacher in Florida found a box of provisional ballots in her classroom yeah. in Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. Right. So, and <laughs> not, only, not only that, they're also supposed to be every, I think every, actually, they have to account for all absentee and all write-in ballots within 30 minutes yes. after the final polls close. That is a statewide law. 65 of 67 counties managed to do this. The only mm. two that couldn't, yes. Broward and Palm Beach. And the woman who is the supervisor in Broward County. Oh, you're, you're not going to bring that up, are you? Oh, yes. Come on. Gee, I mean, she's, she's someone who forgiven. has already been um, found to have illegally deep-sixed ballots, who has secretly opened mail-in ballots. She has a very colorful history. Well, it makes total sense that she's still in charge of an election when she's already been shown to right. have destroyed ballots. Exactly. And, yeah, she's she's the right person for the job. <laughs> she is, certainly. I mean, why would you put anyone else in that position? She knows what to do. I can make it happen for you. Don't tell anyone what the count is. Listen, they'll t she will tell us what the count is when they have one vote <laughs> exactly. enough More and they, they pulled ahead. <laughs> 
we're done. Yep, we got them. We've that's got we, enough. That's all we got. I, there might be a thousand more over there, but we're not those counting other those. Ones, <laughs> yeah, those ones don't count. So that's incredibly <laughs> sketchy. Unfortunately, it appears also, and this kind of boggles my mind, that uh, in Arizona, mm. the uh, – what's her first name? Cinema? It's her last name. It's yeah. Cinema. I forget what her first name is. The the, enti- the kook. Okay, and I use that – that is an appropriate term. I mean, if you've read anything about this woman – first of all, she hates Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> hates Arizona. She she's – I mean, she's further to the left than – I don't even know. Keith Ellison. <laughs> she, who she, also won. She once had witches come. I mean, this woman not, is a disaster, bad, and yeah. she's going to wind up beating, apparently – uh, McSally, yeah. who is a tremendous kid. I'm astonished in a state that elected a Republican governor by like several hundred thousand votes that they're, they're it looks like this woman's going to be in, in the Senate, which is just well, they just also voted for Jeff Flake. So. That's, that's true. <laughs> you can't that's say true. much for that. Uh, and this was uh, John McCain's seat, was it not? Yes. OK. Yeah. So, so. right now. Uh, as of election day, it looked like the Republicans were going to gain three seats. Now, I don't think there is any way that Florida is flipping. Mm-hmm. If it is, then it's an outright theft. Sure. Outright theft. The lead in the Senate race and the governor's race, we're talking tens upon tens of thousands of ballots. Right. So if there's any count that flips either of those results, it's completely stolen. Well, and that will be that will be litigated. In fact, what should happen is if that actually does happen, and I don't think it will, uh, the Senate should just refuse to seat uh, the Democrat because it's it's absurd. I mean, sure. th- there is no way. I so Bill Nelson should not be going. Bill back Bill Nelson to the should, will not be going back to the Senate. I mean, it's ridiculous. So okay. Florida is secure, absent just outright fraud. I think, unfortunately, Arizona, it looks like it's going to tilt uh, to the Democrats. Now, do you so, think that's fraud? No, I don't think so. From what I've read about that, it is not uh, unusual in Arizona for a lot of these large amounts of ballots to come in in this fashion. And the counties that are actually being counted uh, are Democrat, heavily Democrat, and the Republicans are kind of running the process. Okay. So. Uh, it appears, unfortunately, that cinema may may creep ahead here. Uh, it's still amazing to me that we're several days past here, almost a week, yeah. and they're still counting. But yeah, and I think it's just bizarre. Most places are electronic ballots, so how many hand ballots could they actually have to count? There's a lot. Apparently, in Arizona, there are a ton hmm. of of hand ballots for some reason. What also goes happens in Arizona that doesn't happen in a lot of other places? Um, could it be our second topic? We'll talk about later. Yes. Uh, so. Georgia. Let's talk about Georgia. Okay. <laughs> this was Oprah's candidate. This was Oprah's candidate uh, for governor. Um, the guy who built Brian Kemp is right now ahead, as far as I last yeah. checked. But he was also the Secretary of State, and he was accused of getting people off the rosters, getting all, all, voter all suppression. Complete, all complete nonsense. Complete, right. complete and utter nonsense. Now, to, to remove people from roster, I think there has to be a time frame where they haven't voted in a certain amount of time frame. Yeah. They, they can't find them. They don't exist in that state any longer. So like one and a half million people were removed from the state rosters. But I, have to, I believe there has to be something. You can't just say, I'm going to take them off, although that's what's projected as. He's just taking them off because he wants to get this job. Um, now, I remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about Dr. Fia's list of Donald Trump saying there's voter tampering, there's voter Right, and that's a lie. That's false. But suddenly – there seems to be some voter issues. Well, look, I mean, with all due Can't respect, with all due respect to Dr. Fee and anyone who says that there is not 
uh, voter fraud that goes on. Again, they're, they're simply, first of all, they're not reading any of the materials from people who actually study this on the conservative side of mm-hmm. the divide because there is evidence out the wazoo that there is voter fraud that consistently goes on. And and frankly, I'm kind of surprised for someone who's a historian who knows anything, and I know he does, about Chicago. Tammany Hall and machine politics and the precincts in Philadelphia, the idea that this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, come on. And the other thing, again, I said before is, isn't it amazing? They declare there's no voter fraud, but refuse to implement the means by which you can actually determine how much voter fraud is well, going on. That obviously is discriminatory to actually have ID. Right. How dare you? But what is that? How does that proof work? We There is no voter fraud, even though we don't have the ability to detect voter fraud. Correct. That's amazing, isn't it? How do you how do you come to that conclusion? Well, it's interesting. It's West, an article of faith, apparently. Apparently. In West Virginia, they did a small sample in the primaries and did another 150 people this in this midterm election voted uh, electronically, an app on their phone. They had to be verified before they could be registered, registered and verified who you are with three people. Proofs of of information that said this is who you are, and 150 people did it. Now they're going to implement it wider statewide in the next primary and maybe eventually have it for the whole state. I thought that was interesting because uh, there's some Baltic countries that that have been voting online for decades. And I brought that up to a friend, and and he said, well, that's discriminatory against people who don't have computers. I said, well, hold on. You can get to a computer at some place. You can go to a friend's house. You can go to – you can have a computer. You can go to the library. You can vote. You can get online. They, they can somehow get online to get everything else, but they can't get online to vote. Seems odd. There's questions about legalities and things with laws have to be changed to accept that. But I thought, you know, looking at Florida, it would eliminate the stupid vote. No one. Well, somewhat. No. They wouldn't be able to get there. They wouldn't be able to figure it out. They'd be stupid. They couldn't get on. I, I know I'm being bombastic on that a little bit, but just think about that. Would we eliminate anything? Probably not, but it, you can complain I couldn't get there. Right. I'm sure you could. Well, they, they will. My, my point is they're going to complain about anything. Again, what we're hearing now, remember remember the um, the butterfly ballot. The yes. butterfly ballot in the Gore election, it was just so confusing. It was, yes. it was incomprehensible. It was like trying to figure out quantum physics. No one could possibly fill it out correctly. <laughs> now what we're hearing is that the problem with the ballot this time is that the Senate race, which the Democrats, unfortunately for them, lost, it was at the bottom. <gasps> it was at the bottom beneath some instructions and therefore, of course, impossible to understand. Now, the, one, <laughs> the other thing, and of course, this was intentionally done. Yes. Now, I, I actually was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who's a raging uh, leftist, and so he's very upset about this. And I, I said, first of all, let me understand. I'm having trouble grasping the nefarious plot. So uh, – it says two things. First of all, are you telling me then that it's only Democratic voters, your voters, who seem to have this problem? And he said, no, no, no. Um, it would also affect, you know, the mouth-breathing Trump voters. <laughs> but um, because that's what I said. Well, what kind of plot? Okay, if the Republicans are plotting to disenfranchise people who just can't figure out, it's at the bottom of the page. <laughs> How could we possibly think that was part of the ballot? But. That applies to everyone. Sure. So, but I thought all of the Republican voters were the backwoods militia, Walmart shopping, Trump zombies. I think they they're are, the right? ones that wouldn't be able to figure this out, right? Of course. All the Democratic voters read. read the New Yorker and Vox. Right. So this would be no problem for them to figure <laughs> out. 
Why would that be a Republican strategy? Well, I think it's because most Democrats apparently wear glasses and their bifocals would not allow. They'd have to tilt their head to see it. And if they didn't tilt their head, they couldn't see it. But this is the same thing that I say about the voter ID argument. The level of condescension. Okay, it's (laughs) – listen. Our voters are too stupid to realize that a Senate race (laughs) is at the bottom of a page. The same way they say – um, African Americans, minorities, and old people can't figure out how to obtain an ID. Now, who are the people that are the racists? And, I mean, I'm not saying that about any of those people. No. And in fact, if I was one of those people, as I always say, yeah. I would be very offended by that. Well, what do you be. mean I can't get be. an ID? Wait, what do you mean it's confusing to me that it's at the bottom of the page? That's that's just stupid. I'm sorry. But this is that. this is what they're going with. Well, that's because they lost. Therefore, right. if it's at the bottom of the page, that's why we lost. It wasn't because our candidates. Now, I think it's interesting. The the uh, candidate in Nevada, did you see this? It was a Democratic yes, candidate in Nevada, yeah. and it was a Republican candidate in Nevada. Now, I'm not proud of what the Republican was. He was a was a prost- house of prostitution. Ran a house of prostitution. I thought he was dead. He died a month before the election <laughs> and still beat the living Democrat. Huh? Now, that happens from time to time, and now the, the, the government gets to point who – who takes that seat. But I think it's interesting that the even dead, they wanted the dead guy over the live person. Now that's but, but it wouldn't matter. I mean, you could put, you could put the, uh, like the, whatever it's on the bottom. You could put it in the middle in like extra large block letters with eight exclamation points. And then they would say <laughs> that that was confusing and caused certain people to have seizures because the type of font that was used, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do, it's going to be, it's going to be too confusing. Well, my question was, has civility returned? The Democrats have taken the House. Hillary said they could not be civil until they were back in charge. No, was it? They're not fully in charge. Well, so they have to be full in charge. She didn't say of full course. in charge. She said in charge. So I no, assume no, having no, the no. House, having Nancy Pelosi screeching at us was now meaning you were in charge. Therefore, you could be civil again. Now, look, we, we need to talk about the fact that and at this point, um, it, it actually looks like they're going to hit. Uh, high 30s now yeah. in the House. Well, so, I heard 30s. You, you heard higher than that? Now? I think so, like high okay. 30s. So this is slightly above the historical average. Okay. Um, look, I mean, there's bad, there's bad news. Was... There's bad news for Republicans here. First of all, they didn't sure. keep the House. That I, I think we both said that's not a surprise. That's what I was expecting, yeah. given the seats they were defending and given the historic trends mm-hmm. that this happens pretty much every time in a midterm when the opposing party controls the government. So this is not really unprecedented, um, but it is going to be a bit of a nightmare for Trump for the next two years because look look at the uh, rogues gallery that is now going to be in charge yeah. of the House and all of these investigative committees. you got Maxine Waters, good grief, running finance. Oh, my <laughs> word. But you got Jerry Nadler, and I was reading an article uh-huh. about Nadler in The Federalist where he was overheard on the train going in, talking to some, I don't know, a couple of his operatives on the phone, uh, all their plans. Yeah, we're going to impeach impeach everyone. Everyone's getting impeached. you got to work on the impeach Pence thing. Oh, so it's going to be a circus. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So in that way, and from some of the exit polls I was reading, it does appear that in the suburbs uh, – for between 2016 and now, support people that supported Trump have kind of ebbed away. I mean that that's kind of what was lost uh, in terms of some of that some of the seats not that supported flipped. him or just didn't go to vote. I don't know. Um, that, that's a good question. So that's uh, that, that's a good, good question. question. Now, I do think that if you're going to ask, you saw some of this on that CNN clip, yeah. right? And now this was before that they kind of yes, they took exactly. the house. So they might have been a little bit more upbeat, but 
If you're going to say who felt better after Election Day, given the expectations going in, who would that be? Not the Republicans. I would think the Republicans feel slightly better. They don't feel They don't great. feel good, but they feel better than the they other thing that's very felt. important, which is one of the reasons we see the shenanigans in Florida, is some of the what I'll call halo races mm-hmm. that the Democrats desperately wanted to win, that they poured in all these resources, they didn't get any of them. No. Okay, so they wanted Beto to win in Texas, and that was the most expensive Senate campaign in history. Ever. Yes, $70 million, something like $70 that. $70 million to lose. Right. Um, you know, $20. I think I saw an analysis. Now, I, heard, I heard somebody say that was a big whitewash in Texas. All the whites came out to vote for their guy. Cruz is Hispanic, just so you remember right. that. Beto is not Hispanic. Well, the other thing is, look, the demographics of Texas, you know, Texas is not a red state in the same way that, let's say, Alabama or Mississippi are red states because they have huge urban centers there that are actually majority Democrat. So Austin, Dallas. And that's going to continue to shift. I mean, Texas is still going to stay a red state, but it is not as deep red as a lot of the states in the south, given those urban centers. So, you know, the the great the great hope. Beto went down. He can go now skateboard at his mansion. Um, the other huge losses for the Democrats, number one was Florida. They, I think Florida is the most devastating for them because they fully expected both Gillum and Nelson to win. And Florida, as one of the key swing states in a presidential election, that's really bad news for them. They mm-hmm. were expecting to have the governorship. That makes a big difference in terms of the ground game. When you've got the governor's office, that's a huge help. So they didn't win Florida. And the other thing that really stung is they lost Ohio's governorship. Mm -hmm. They were expecting to win Ohio. And then, of course, Georgia, you know, that was the, again, this woman that was funded by everyone under the sun. Prior to Oprah going out and stumping for her, did you even know her name? No, of course not. And if you read anything about this woman, again, she's to the left of Ocasio-Ortez. Yes. So... You're running that person in Georgia? Yeah. First black woman ever elected as governor in the United States. I find that hard to believe. I mean, it must be true, but yeah, I find it hard to believe. So I think a slightly better – look, there was no tsunami. The Democrats deserve credit. They they did take the House back. They're going to – you know, the circus has come to town. Sure. All the crazies are now in charge. Well, as we said last week, and I think this is fair, unless you're a Republican in office, the House going to the Democrats doesn't – really affect us as general population because we've got gridlock now between the Senate right. and the House. The, the, so that's not a bad house, thing. But they are they will be able to uh hamstring the I mean it's gonna be investigation after investigation. It will be. But be honest, we didn't get a lot of legislation that's in the last absolutely two years that's absolutely when true. it was both Republican. Well that's absolutely true. So, I mean that's an indictment of the, the leader the Republican leadership is what did we actually get from controlling the House? Now I understand things, but, that it was complicated by the fact that you can't get stuff through the Senate because there's still the filibuster that applies to any sort of you know regular legislation. So you don't you don't have the ability to jam that through. Um, in my view, the important thing is, and this better continue to happen through the end of the year. The Judge Assembly line yes. keeps rolling. Keep pushing them through. The Senate just keeps pushing them through uh, because that's that's what they can do. And yeah. we'll have to see how. Florida and then Arizona shakes out. But even if they only have, let's see, if they, if McSally loses Arizona and Florida stays the way it is, which it should, they're going to wind up at what, plus two? Yeah. So they've got enough, even at plus two, with the tie breaking vote in Pence, that 
basically Collins and Murkowski don't matter. In other words, they can't hold stuff hostage. They needed that working margin. It would be better if they had one more. Sure. Well, it would be nice to have... 70, but you're not going to no, have No, no, but my point is is that they don't now need to worry that much, even at plus two, because they do have that tie-breaking vote. Sure. If they peel off those two, right. you know, with now Flake is gone, I mean, now he's going to be replaced by Cinema, so it doesn't matter. Uh, that's even worse. Well, I think it's McCain's seat, so I don't know who's replacing Flake. I mean, not Flake, yeah. McCain's seat, Cinema's going to take his seat. Um, who's replacing Flake? I don't know. Was that? I should, well, he wasn't up for Maybe I'm wrong on that. I forget. We should no, no. It's not McCain's seat. It's it is Flake's seat because McCain was not yeah. up for. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. Flake's seat. He abandoned it. Cinema's going to have that seat. Right. In any event, they do have that margin now. Where in the past they would have to kind of negotiate with Mur- what is Murkowski going to do? Now they really don't have to do that. Right. So again, it's time to just continue continue rolling those judges through. I agree. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Uh, I was happy to see Claire McCaskill go down in flames. Yeah, well, that, Thank that you. was that you saw that coming for months. Well, the contested seat, well, if I remember correctly, the contested seats uh, where Democrats were up and didn't vote for Kavanaugh, they all lost except for Manchin, who voted for him. Yes, that is true. Know. And the other thing is, is that most of the out and out sort of, you know, far, far left progressives that they ran, almost every one of them lost. Yeah. So. Keep that in mind. There, there were repercussions in those states, and they knew that they were purple states, and they still voted against Kavanaugh. Right. I should hedge that by saying some of them did win in deep blue areas, but right. in any area where it was sort of purple, right. where you don't— Where there was a shot. Where, where there was actually a, had a shot, shot. None of the progressives that they ran won. No, no. So maybe, and I don't think this will ever sink in, maybe the— uh, you know, the people at the top of the Democratic Party should maybe consider, huh, it sounds like maybe the country doesn't want unvarnished uh, socialism. No, no, I believe that's not true. Um, the youngest Democratic socialist was elected, unsurprisingly. She got into a riff with Fox News over the last two days because they said she couldn't even afford an apartment to stay in in D.C. Right. Although she lives in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. But she can't afford. She can afford to live in Brooklyn, but she can't afford to live in D.C. I, I don't yeah. know how that's. Well, and the other thing but... is, did you see her interesting? I forget who was asking her questions. I don't know where it was, but they were asking her about, you know, well, um, all this stuff that you want. How how, how are we going to pay for it? And, and her response was kind of, well, I'm I'm very puzzled by that by that <laughs> question. Why Seems would odd. we're just gonna we're Raise just it. gonna pay for it? We're just gonna do it. I mean, we just do it. We have the Obama tree, and we have the. We have the, I don't know, the, the billion-dollar coin that Paul Krugman wants us to mint, yeah. and just going to make it happen. Yep. She bought her first couch this week. She's 29. She bought a couch. That's the first piece of furniture yeah. she ever purchased. Like Craigslist, uh, Craigslist from Venezuela? I do not know where she got it. got a lot of couches going cheap. Do not know where she got it. I just find it interesting that this woman is going to now decide public spending and she couldn't afford to buy a couch. And well, she calls herself middle class. Well, it's not a question of could, couldn't afford. Um, remember, you can afford a lot of stuff when it's other people's money paying sure, for your couch. that's true. So that's not a problem that's anymore. That's true. <laughs> uh, not, she, she said, I'm going to be like three months without income. Like, did you not think about that before uh, again, you Again, my, my goal is to have her on television as much as possible. Uh, she, I, want, I want maximum exposure for her. Maxim, Maxine Waters and... Uh, yes, Cort- <laughs> yes. And it, and it will be interesting to see because a lot of these... So-called moderate Democrats, that's a lie, um, who <laughs> ran and then all said, you know, we're going to challenge. We are not going to support Pelosi for speaker. We'll see. Uh, I don't know what odds you get. Who do get. you think it's going to be? Know. 
Ah, Shirley Jackson Lee? I, you know what? I don't pay enough uh, attention to their caucus. I'm not sure you could find somebody. But I think – and so this is the problem. The optics for them is who are the people that are now going to be front and center for the next two years? Maxine Waters. Oh, my. Nancy Pelosi. Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. Wow. I want – I want them Jerry Nadler on t- will be on TV. Jerry Nadler, too. right? All of them, boy, they're very appealing to sort of middle Schiff. of the road. Middle of the road voters are going to love that, right? Oh, they're going to love these people. They're awesome. Should we talk about before we leave the uh, political? We need to talk about Mr. Acosta. Okay, right? go did ahead. You see, no, I no, did. Did, yeah, no, I did. To explain, explain what happened. Okay, it's so, more of the usual, but well, it's more of the usual. Jim Acosta and I. I was watching Mark Levin last night. He was on Hannity, and I was just watching a clip from him. Jim Acosta is a CNN White House reporter. Okay, that's what he is, reporter. And Jim Levin had a, had a or not sorry, Mark Levin had a great look on this. He said, "This man is trying to debate yes. Donald Trump. He's a reporter. You are to report, not debate." So he didn't like what Trump's answer was. Trump said, "Next." An intern tried to grab the mic. She maybe overacted a little bit, like you see in sports often. He grabbed the mic back and wanted to keep talking because well, he's he Jim Acosta. He, he didn't even grab it back. He he refused to relinquish it. And it wasn't after just one question. No, it was multiple and questions. And so his question, which wasn't a question exactly, because – and here's the thing. If you watch these press conferences now, this is the reason we say that our media is a disgrace. Yes. None of these people – are interested in asking any questions. It is simply them grandstanding and lobbing grenades at the president. So Acosta's question was <laughs> basically, um, are you now willing to recant the fact that you called these people that are coming to the border an invasion? Because it's not an invasion, is it? And so Trump's response was, I think it's an invasion. I disagree with you. That That's And what answer. does Acosta do? <laughs> no. He literally says, no, it's not an invasion. <laughs> Again, are we in the middle? We're apparently in the middle of a debate, Jim Acosta versus the president of the United States. And then he he continues on with this for another question. Trump answers that one. And then basically when he goes to someone else, Acosta refuses to give up the microphone. Yes. He yes. is a buffoon. Yes. He, and you know what? But he now he's being celebrated on the left. Of course he is. Because he stood up and you to know the what? evil Trump. If any of his colleagues were professionals in any sense of the word, instead of a bunch of Democratic Party hacks, yep. which they all are, I do not – I will not apologize for calling any of them that. They are a disgrace. Mm-hmm. One of his colleagues should pull him aside and say, you're embarrassing the entire profession. Yes. Because whether or not you detest Donald Trump with every fiber of your being, as you most obviously do, you're supposed to be (laughs) a journalist who is at least has the ability to uh, hide that for a half hour and ask a legit. Listen, you can ask whatever question you want, right? Asked an answer. Sam Donaldson. All these other people managed to do this. The fact that you're going to stand there like this preening narcissist. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is apparently what his bosses want him to do sure. at CNN. Well, you can't do it anymore. <laughs> and then the other woman. There's another woman. The next question. I, I don't know where she was from. Basically, uh, some people believe. Some people. Why did she say? I believe. <laughs> all the people that I hang out with at cocktail parties believe that when you say nationalist, what you really mean is white nationalist, and that means that everyone that you know is a racist. That was the question, right? Yeah. The question. <laughs> Look, these people do not deserve to be treated with any measure of respect. They don't respect the office. Could you imagine? I thought about this. Could you imagine any member of that press corps doing anything remotely like that to Barack Obama? Nope. 
Not I mean, still be there. Not even even to your suit is so fine, President Obama. They wouldn't even dare to respond to one of his answers in a way that suggested they disagreed because with they him. like him. They they agreed with him. They don't agree with Trump. So it's very obvious they don't agree with Trump, and they're not being journalists. And I, I use the word journalist loosely because I don't think most people are journalists. I think they claim a title they don't own, which, which is independent reporting. They always put their opinion in. It's always their opinion. Every every article you read on in the Washington Post is their opinion. They don't call it opinions. They call it reporting, but it's not. And every time they ask a question at these news conferences, someone- it's always their opinion. If someone from Fox News had stood up at an Obama press conference and acted like Jim Acosta, Mr. President, don't you agree that your Iran deal is a complete capitulation to the mullahs and actually allows the world's foremost sponsor of terrorism uh, more power and money to destroy Israel? Now, that's the kind of question. And then if Obama said, no, I don't agree with you, I've uh, carefully vetted this entire deal, and it's the greatest deal in the history of the world. And then the reporter proceeded to argue with him yeah. and said, no, no, you're wrong. Your deal is a farce <laughs> and a fraud on the American people. What do you think the reaction would have been? First of all, that guy would have been probably dragged out of the press conference, and we would have spent a month having the New York Times declare not only that it was racist, but it was the most outrageous breach of etiquette in the history. Of the Republic. Well, they, they went after Sarah Sanders because she put the gif of Acosta trying to keep the mic, and they, it was claimed that was an InfoWars Alex Jones cut, and therefore you can't believe it because That's it's already been cut. False. Completely I saw, false. I watched the live video. Right. It was right on C SPAN. And, and look, it's not an assault, whatever. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's that this guy apparently thinks. I can just stand up and monopolize five minutes of a press conference. Um, the, if the president doesn't want to talk to me anymore, I get to keep the microphone. I'm going to keep asking mm-hmm. my cross-examination questions. It's ridiculous. I challenge any fair-minded person to watch the tape of that press conference. Listen to the questions that these people are asking and then ask yourself, are these people in any way attempting to hide the fact no. that they are slavish supporters and the sort of communications arm of the Democratic Party. No. That's all these people are. Well, and you wonder why Trump dislikes the media. Because this is what he's faced with every day. You would dislike the media if this is the questions you were getting It's not day. even a question of disliking them. They are not entitled to professional respect. No. They have cast aside any pretext of integrity, any pretext of neutrality. And so if they're going to behave in this fashion like a bunch of infants – why should the president respect them? Well, They've declared – they have openly declared their allegiance. You're not here to ask questions to solicit information to tell the American people. You're here as attack dogs on behalf of your party and your ideology. So I'm going to treat you in that fashion. I would remove all of them. We talked about this. Yeah. I'm not sure oh, yeah. last week. Yeah. Just start filling up the room with a bunch of bloggers, a bunch of conservative bloggers because yeah. you know what? Those people would actually ask better questions than the crew that is currently there. Well, that's With maybe a true. couple exceptions, all of them are just a complete and utter disgrace. Well, I think they should all have to reapply for their press credentials. You reapply. We'll, we'll determine if you're valid to be in here. If you're going to act professionally, then we'll let you in. If you're not, then you won't. And we're going to interview again, you again. That doesn't mean, just to be clear, it's not, it's not this suppressing doesn't the mean, media. No, but it doesn't mean you're not allowed to ask hard, sure. penetrating questions. Absolutely. But what you don't, you can't do with a straight face and expect to be called a journalist is what Jim Acosta does. Yeah. Okay. Ask the question. Questions been answered. 
Yeah. The first question. The president says, I don't agree with you. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Now go write your op-ed and have have a whole bunch of panelists declare that, you know, Hitler is wrong. Right. Fine. You don't get to stand up for five minutes and have a debate with the president. No, no, no. You're wrong. It isn't an invasion. Admit it. Admit it. (laughs) Yes. That that was that was I, I don't know if he'll get his credentials back and I don't think he should. He shouldn't. And, and and CNN, if it was a legitimate news organization, should be embarrassed to never have that guy on that beat again. Yeah. Give him his own program. Yeah. Right? If you, that's not what you want. If you want a debate show, give The him Resistance a show. Hour with Jim Acosta. <laughs> there you go. Okay? He can he that's can fair. spout all that stuff. Put him on with whoever, whoever you have over there. Have it give him his own panel show yes. where he can attack the president 24-7. Right. You're presenting the American people with a guy who you claim is a journalist, <laughs> and he's a joke. That is correct. Now, in lighter news, um, good news, I guess, RBG is out of the hospital. She broke three ribs, walking. I don't know if she fell. They didn't say if she fell, but she broke three ribs walking. But she's out of the hospital and recovering nicely. So That's good. She'll be back uh, for how long, we don't know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, look, it's an open question. How old is she? She's 80-something. She, I thought she was 1,000. No, she she's, she's, I mean, she's well into her 80s, that. I believe. I'd have to look that one up because I don't know what she, uh, how old she is. Let me see here quickly. Um, yeah, she is. She's hungry and ready to work, reports on the pace. She's hungry and ready to get back to work. Okay. Well, because you know, uh, you know the clacks and alarms were going off. You know, anything because she is. You know, if if she leaves the court, yes, it's it's going to be DefCon one. It, it will be rending of garments. It will be plagues of locusts. Eighty five. She's eighty five. Yeah. So, you know, again, the the desperate hope for them is that she makes it through the final two years, and um, and then <laughs> if, if Trump wins again. Well, then, yeah. all, then all hope is lost. I did see somebody yes. said they're going to freeze her in carbonite for yeah. the next all, two years. All hope is lost the for the republic <laughs> if, if they can't – if they don't win and are able to replace her. And yeah. the irony is they don't gain anything by that. No. It's just they preserve they, they preserve her seat. They don't lose anything. So I guess we'll the, – the, that, that daily tracker – you know, I'm sure at certain places they've got like, you know, they're getting the heart readings for her. You know, they've got like a monitor. Probably are. Her vitals are dropping. It's like <laughs> it's like the James Bond movies, you know, they're like yes. Bond has been poisoned. Get the, send Get the car. Now. Get him out now. You know, listen very carefully. Clerk for RBG, insert the needle of adrenaline directly into her sternum. Now, do it now. Casino Royale. That's that's the that's the clip he's that's, going with. Oh, that's pretty good. You, yeah. I like that. That was a good movie. Um, so Let's on to our next topic. It's about the caravan, and there's two parts to this. First, are we allowed to call it a caravan? Has Jim Acosta said whether a caravan is? Uh, I'm not sure um, what it is. I didn't check with Jim Acosta, and I will. It's like maybe, never it's a, will. maybe it's a peace train. Should it's, we call it a peace train? Peace train. Yes, it's a piece of something. I'll give it that. President Trump put into effect today that to claim asylum, you have to go to an actual port of entry, not the Rio Grande, and just kind of cross over. This this caravan is trying to go to Tijuana. Right. Must feel it's a weaker border. It's entirely consistent with existing law. That will also be yes. immediately struck down by. Well, I'm sure the Ninth yes. Circus will come out with some reason why they shouldn't be able to do that, even though that's the right. law. Well, it's just unfair. Yes, it's unfair. You're not allowing anybody to come anywhere. Now, I, I think it's interesting. I, I want to get a couple quotes here. Um, they they were trying to get the UN to bust them. And they said the U.N. failed them miserably oh. because they didn't bust them. They, they're making them walk the entire distance. What because, good is the U.N. if they can't yes. provide those pastel blue buses? 
These are mothers, fathers, and children fleeing extremely dangerous situations during a perilous journey because they've had no choice but to leave their home. All right, and again, I love this. These are mothers, fathers, and children. Yes, yes, many of them are. Are there any other people in the group? Because I've seen a lot of pictures, and many of them don't look like mothers, and they don't look like they're yet fathers, and they don't look like children. But yes. we never get any, any description about those people that might be part of the caravan. Said immigrants will still be able for admission, still be eligible for admission under the Convention Against Torture, and processing will be handled expeditiously. Those having a reasonable fear of persecution, rather than the previous standard of a credible fear, administration officials said. I don't know what the difference is between reasonable and credible, and I don't know who well, determines what's like, credible. It sounds like, in my view, then that there the standard is actually uh, being lessened. Yes, because credible sounds to me like it's a more stringent standard than reasonable. I. You could be right. Or I don't know. I guess, I don't I'm know. not sure how to interpret that. I guess you could argue that the other way as well. I mean, if Dr. Ford was credible, then reasonable <laughs> sounds much better to me. It's, now you're making me laugh. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of her as credible. I'm sorry. I just don't think of it that way. Uh, one guy says that he wanted to come here to raise money to build his mother a home back in Honduras. Now, somebody pointed out using a map. That if the United States, the, the capitalist United States is so awful, as we're told repeatedly, and socialism is so great, it was closer to go to Venezuela. Yep. But they didn't do that. Uh, we're also finding out that as the group is leaving Mexico City, another group is coming into Mexico City to join up with this existing group. So we've opened the floodgates because they think, hey, there's a good place to get in. I We talked about last week. I don't know that there's any reason to believe these people are fleeing anything other than poverty. Uh, while sad, it's not a reason for asylum and it's not a reason to enter the country to disappear into the inner right. landscape well, of the that, world. And that is the goal. And, and, and I agree. And that's part of the problem, and I think that's where we're going to have some problems. Uh, Trump has said he's got 15,000 troops. The Joint Chiefs of Staff said the troops there are not there to do anything other than support DHS. Feels like maybe they're not on the same page. I'm not really sure that's what's not, going on. That's not surprising either. <laughs> so what what do you think is going to happen? Is he going to is he going to force them to turn around? Is he going to use actual soldiers, or is he going to use DHS? Uh, you know what? Agents? I really I really have no idea at this point. Um, I think the activists who support this caravan absolutely want a confrontation. Yes. At the border, they would love the same way that they love to have video footage of people uh, from. Uh, you know, Palestinians who are killed by Israeli rockets, even though Hamas is using them as actually using them as human shields. And then they use that as propaganda. The media would like nothing more. And I hope I hope and pray this would this doesn't happen, that there's some incident at the border where one of these people gets shot or gets injured or there's video of our military, you know, roughly manhandling people. I don't think that's going to happen because I think they're disciplined enough to know that that would be really bad. But Look, let's not kid ourselves. That is part of the goal. Here. Oh, yeah. That is absolutely part let's of the make goal. A public statement. Uh, this is a cynical political ploy. Again, I'm not dismissing the fact that the vast majority of people in this in this group that is coming here are coming from circumstances that none of us would want to live in. No, we've said uh, that before. Said and that, so yeah. that's a given. But the question is, there is a legal way to enter this country. And the separate part of that is, if there is also a legal definition of what constitutes a refugee and someone who's entitled to asylum. And all such people should seek that status properly and should be evaluated. And those that can legitimately claim that they are fleeing from war, persecution, threat, 
legitimate, credible threat of violence, not just generalized, my country is a disaster, right? They, they will get in. But the rest of them, sadly, cannot. They cannot be permitted to come in in this fashion. They just can't. Agreed. Uh, there's a gentleman named Gabriel Lopez. Trump doesn't have a heart. He's speaking as if he didn't have a family, didn't have children. Uh, he's tw- this guy's 20. He has a he's Honduran migrant heading north on an 11-month-old baby. I want to work hard and be able to build a house for my mother back in Honduras. God's been guiding me every step of this journey and providing for us. There you go. So God's out in front of them. Well, and you know what? Listen. It may be. I don't know. And if it is God's intention that some of these people get into the country by whatever fashion, then they will. Okay, but that doesn't change the fact that our government has an obligation to enforce our immigration laws. Right. And, and enforce them in a way right. that treats these people humanely and with dignity and, and everything that we've already discussed. No question. Yeah, actually, Gabriella, I made it yeah. a man, it's a woman. Uh, what she say here? I didn't want to take the trip alone north, but didn't want to dare go alone because of danger. She was getting robbed, and the coyotes were asking $6,000 to get her to the U.S., but I didn't have that kind of money, so I'm going to come for free. Yeah. Save myself six grand. I mean, we've talked about this before. There's really no, there's no middle ground here. You either, you either believe that the U.S. is a nation of laws, and even as a Christian, in my view, um, because there is nothing unchristian about saying we will provide assistance to legitimate refugees, we will provide asylum for those that need it. That mm-hmm. has always been our policy historically. Mm-hmm. It should continue to be. But people that are coming here simply because they are from a poorer nation. Um, this is a secular government that has obligations to its own citizens, and if you don't enforce those laws, then you're basically sending a message that any person from any part in the world, any place in the world that is poorer than here can automatically come in. You don't have a country. Well, if you don't enforce those laws, what laws should you enforce? I mean, that sends a message to people as well. You're not going to enforce that, but you're going to enforce something else ridiculous. Uh you know, Dinesh D'Souza for campaign violation. You're going to force that, but you're not going to force right. the law to get in right. here illegally. Um, and then all of the things, and of course, there are many, many ills which would flow from that kind of policy, as we have seen occurring right now uh, and worsening in many places in Europe. And and I mentioned this, I don't know, last week, the week before, there is a flip side to this compassion and empathy coin because no one seems to care about what happens to the people on the other side of the unrestricted immigration equation when there is, again, a certain percentage of these people who are going to commit crimes and are going to do terrible things because they are human beings. Mm -hmm. And so any mass group of human beings has a percentage that are going to behave in a way that is illegal and they're going to commit all sorts of crimes because that's what happens. If it was a a 10,000-strong group of white men, I would say exactly the same thing. It has nothing to do with demonizing people of different races. The point is... Who is going to take responsibility for those people when they're let in here and they do those kinds of things? We just want to ignore that Mm -hmm. as a possibility. I'm sorry. A government that has to protect all of its citizens cannot have that as an immigration policy. No. Go to any college campus, take a thousand students, any campus, white, black, doesn't matter. You're going to have criminals. They're going to do crimes. They're going to commit crimes. They don't call them criminals necessarily, but they're going to commit crimes. Whether it's underage drinking, whether it's behavior, whether it's... uh, Anything. They're going to do something just because they're people. People do things when they think they can get away with it. Yeah, and it is, in my view, it is not moral and yeah. it is not compassionate to decree from afar from your editorial perch at the New York Times and behind your 
ivy-walled colleges and your gated communities that other Americans are just going to have to bear the brunt of whatever those consequences are. <laughs> if Elizabeth Warren and Paul Krugman and Ocasio-Cortez all want to move down to the border and welcome all these people along with Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris and Keith Ellison, then, Booker. then have at it. Yeah. Okay, then have at it. But, but they're not. don't decree to other Americans who are not in your position that this is just the way it's going to have to be and you can suck it up because you know what? It's out of sight and out of mind for us anyway. Yes, we don't care. It's more voters for us later. That's the, the whole point. Don't forget that. It's about power. We said it before. It's about power. It's about gaining power. It's about gaining votes. They don't care anything other than that. If it affected them, then they would care. They do not care because it does not affect them and directly. They, and they didn't care a single thing about this for the eight years that Obama was yes. in the presidency yes. because it just wasn't convenient to worry about it then. Well, it wasn't. They couldn't use it there against was nobody, the Republicans. There was nobody to demonize. That's correct. Yeah. If they can't use it against their, their opponent, then there's no point in using it. You've got to wait till you have a reason to use it. So let's move on. We've We've talked in the past about gender fluidity and we've talked about ornate buildings and you know wingless dragon expansive can. expansive ornate buildings expansive ornate. sorry <laughs> get the extra adjectives in there so there's a gentleman in um the netherlands who is 69 years old he's suing to lower his age by 20 years because he can't get enough tinder dates he says i look 49 Therefore, I should be able to say I'm 49. I don't want to lie, even though if I sue and get my age reduced, then oh, he, I'm so still he's lying. 69? He is 69, okay. born in 1949. But he looks 49? He claims he looks 49. He does not <laughs> look 49. So he said, uh, when, I, when I ask for a mortgage, for example, they say it's impossible. If I go on Tinder, then I get women from the 68, 69 when women are there. He says, um, when I'm on Tinder and says I'm 69, I don't get an answer. When I'm 49 with the face I have... I'll be in a luxurious position. A he's, luxurious position? That's what he says. He's a, he's a TV personality. Huh. He's, he calls His name is Emil Rattleband. He says, I'm a positivity trainer who calls himself a young god. Wow. Well, it's so better than, obviously, well, it's better than being an old, old god. god. Yeah, yeah, I guess. He does not look – I have a small picture here, but um, nobody's going to confuse this guy for 49. Let me see his picture. I will decree how old he is. <laughs> he is not 49. Oh, it's not the best picture. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that he he's he got, might get away with sixty. He's kind of got the salt and pepper goatee. I would say he he could pass for uh, sixty one. <laughs> yeah, not forty nine. So look him up if you if you don't believe me. I, I just wanted to bring it up because this is another way of it doesn't matter what we are. We we want to say whatever we want, and it, it's supposed to be okay. Where does it stop? Because if I can change my age, that changes a lot of things about me. Yeah. Why can't you be at fifteen and say oh, I look twenty one? So I should be able to but, drink. But wait a minute. Why does it even matter how you look? You can, you can he's look saying like, I look 49. But, here, but that doesn't matter because you could be the crypt keeper and say, I feel, I feel like I am a mewling baby who's yes. just, just been born. Just came out. I, that's how I feel. Why so can't I say that, that? I mean, don't limit it to what you look like. That is completely unfair. Well, he's the, he's the test case. That's lookist. He's, look, he's the test case. Once they figure out if you can look a certain age. You know, because look at TV personalities. If you look at their face and neck, they look younger. Then you look at their hands and you see they don't look like they're that age. That's what this guy's trying to do. I'm trying to act like I'm not that age, even though I'm not. IMDB, if you've ever been on the Internet Movie Database, on my Amazon, they filed a lawsuit in California two years ago because it put their ages in. 
and the female actresses did not want their right. ages shown. So they've now taken that out. You can put it in voluntarily, but it's not mandatory to have it in there. Yeah. So now you don't know how old certain people are because they don't want you to know because they think they're getting well, get hired. Well, you know what? I, if that guy puts up a crowdfund page, I'm going to donate because I think <laughs> I think he has a worthy cause. Doesn't Christine Blasey afford like $9.8 million given to her for a GoFundMe page? Well, it's not that much, is it? Oh, I the last, I, the last I heard it was like a million. I don't think she got another $8 million. Well, I don't know. It was a million. She has a million. That, that's a million more than she deserves. I know. For I know. What she, I'm sure she's going to donate that to, you know, the, herself. Me, the Me Too movement. <laughs> she's right. going to donate to herself. She's going to build some extra doors into her house. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because I'm just scared of getting out. Uh, so that was – I just wanted to bring that up because if, if you see something like that, let us know because I think that's amazing that somebody thinks I can sue to get my age. But reduced. actually, here's the thing. It's not amazing because it's entirely consistent well, that's with true. that worldview. That's true. I'm sure to him – and listen, to anybody to anybody who is, supports this notion that there really – reality doesn't exist, um, everything – my subjective belief about whether I'm a human being or I'm a building or I'm a flightless, fire-breathing dragonkin, <laughs> why in the world can't you automatically demand that your age be what you believe it to be? That's a, that that's amazes me. I'm sorry. I, I can't get over the other stuff. So either, but. in some ways, he's being entirely intellectually consistent with this demand. And knowing the Netherlands, I'm sure that they will roll over and play dead and immediately allow this to happen. Yes. He's a young God. Remember that. He, he said it himself. So you texted me the other night when the Steelers were playing. Oh, wait. Before we talk about football, oh, okay. I have one thing that I saw, and I must mention this. Okay. Because it was possibly the most disgusting thing I have ever seen in my life. Now. Oh. It was a commercial for a product. Okay. Um, the product was Listerine. Okay. But it wasn't the uh, liquid mouthwash. No, no. The, uh, the evil scientists employed by Listerine have apparently developed some little mint. Okay, so it's not a mint. So you put this in your mouth, okay? It doesn't stay a mint. It dissolves into a liquid, which you swish around in your mouth, and then you swallow. Why? Apparently because they wanted mouthwash to go from a solid to a liquid form in your mouth. This is, again, possibly the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. First of all, when you eat a certain food, uh, the state that it is in should not change in your mouth. So, for instance, if you eat a chicken nugget, I don't want it changing into chicken broth in my mouth. I want it to remain a chicken nugget as I masticate and swallow it. But the other thing is, and I've always <laughs> had this rule... You know how they have the boxes of chocolates? Uh-huh. Okay. So there is nothing more disgusting than having a chocolate or any – actually any food item with a liquid center. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. There is nothing good <laughs> what, what about caramel? That. No, no. No, that, that is an across-the-board rule of the universe. So what about candy bars? With have, a liquid center? No, no, that have caramel that's not that's liquid. That's different. No, okay, so caramel not is not liquid. a liquid. So a cherry cordial. Cherry cordial. Yeah. Heinous should okay. be abolished. Okay. People that traffic in cherry cordials okay. should be sent to Gitmo. <laughs> okay. So that's that's not even as bad as this Listerine abomination because this doesn't have stuff inside. It literally converts You're to spit. a liquid. In, and then you swallow it. You don't spit it out. You swallow Why it. Why would I not spit it out? This is like eating a tube of toothpaste and having the paste convert to liquid in your mouth and then you swallow it. 
This seems like somebody who wanted to freshen their breath quickly but they had nowhere to spit. Not, I would still spit it. I don't know. If people are using that. these on a plane flight, there's going to be projectile vomiting. Like every third person that tries this for the first yeah. time. Is it the is same gonna, high alcohol content? as the I regular? don't know. But this product needs to be banned. I am going to actually write Donald Trump and say you need to focus all of your energies not just on the invasion uh, uh, but on it. the Listerine. I got it. I'm waiting for the Listerine defense for DUI. I just had a couple Listerine tablets because my breath was really bad. I swallowed them. That's why my blood alcohol content is high. It had nothing to do with taking you know, alcoholic drinks. I mean, this could be used by um, secret agents in replacing the cyanide capsule in your molar. You just pop one of these things because that will cause you to convulse, seize, and die. So you're not going to take the Listerine challenge? And I'm actually going to go to Listerine. stores and take them off the shelves. <laughs> I'm going to prevent other people from buying them just because I feel that is my – That's your duty. That's my obligation. Yeah, I did yes. not see that one that coming. That is the wor- the single worst product I have ever seen. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> you, you go with that? That's good. I had to get okay. out that public service message. Okay, so if you see just that – Just as a warning. When you see those, think of Tony. And, and, and by the way, because some people might buy them thinking, oh, this is a breath-freshening mint. No. No, it's not. No, no. It's direct from Satan. It changes to a liquid, and you're expected to swallow it. <laughs> the views expressed by Tony are not necessarily shared by everybody on the podcast. They should be, though. <laughs> so, anyway, Thursday night, Tony sends me a text and says, I think my, my prediction is looking pretty good. The Steelers yeah. rolled over the Carolina How, how's, Panthers. How's old Ben looking? Well, Ben looked pretty good. The Steelers look well. Pretty good. The Steelers look good. I think it helped that Cam Newton forgot that you don't throw a pass over the middle of the field when you're trying to get rid of a ball. That doesn't help. Okay, but listen, it has nothing to do with Cam Newton. The Steelers' offense put up 52 points on what people thought was a pretty decent Carolina defense. Pretty now, decent I, Carolina I will team. say, I think when I texted you, or maybe soon thereafter, I don't know if it was when I was watching the game. I don't know. I actually I started now. yelling because, of course, I'm used to watching poor Philip Rivers uh, <laughs> getting besieged. And there was a play in particular, I forget what quarter it was, where Ben Roethlisberger literally stood, and he didn't even move. Yeah. He stood seven-step drop in the pocket, <laughs> yes. surveying the field for like seven seconds. Yes. And then he finally, oh, wait, there's Antonio Brown. I'll just <laughs> throw it 40 yards there. for a first down. I'm like, this is unreal. The of the I, did, I, just, I watched that clip because I was watching the highlights again. I'm like, yep, there he is. Standing I'm, there. Not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating how long he was standing there. He was. And there wasn't anyone within 37 feet of him. It was incredible. They scored, the Steelers scored two touchdowns at two different times in, in a 15-second span. So the first time in 15 seconds and then another later in the game in 15 seconds. That doesn't happen very often, and not necessarily against a bad team. I think the Panthers are good. Now, Eric Reed of the kneeling fame, with yes, uh, he got ejected. Now, when they talked to him later, he got ejected because Ben Roethlisberger did a what he called he, a sprint, which we called a – yeah, he was on the ground, did a hook slide, and is on the ground, and Eric Reed decided, let me hit him in the head with my shoulder, and then seemed genuinely surprised that it was a penalty, and then genuinely surprised that he was ejected along with Ron Rivera, who also seemed genuinely surprised that he was ejected. If you watch the clip, I don't know how you could be surprised that he got a penalty Well, certainly given their interpretation of that rule. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah, the guy's on the ground, clearly on the ground, and he could have jumped over him, but he didn't. He hit him in the head, and his head bounced off the ground. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a particularly vicious play. No, it's not but, the worst But the way seen. they interpret that rule, you're gone. Yeah, they asked the, the official, I can't remember who it was, uh, was on the podcast or the broadcast, and he said, yeah, the way it's interpreted now, that's definitely an ejection. There's no question yeah. about it. But Eric Reed didn't know you could get ejected, which he's never watched a Cincinnati Bengals game, apparently. 
Huh. He's only ever watched. He, he, he needs to call Vontae's perfect up. <laughs> have a little chat. Vontae's, I, I can tell you about that. I can educate you on that. Sir. Right. Actually, <laughs> so, I'm not aware that you can actually stay on the field. I, I spend you more can time. Play a whole game? I, yeah, you can, you can actually, because I spend more time being ejected than actually playing. Yes. Now, to be fair, Eric Reed was also trailing the Juju Schuster, Mr. Smith Schuster catch on the first play of offense for the right. Steelers. That uh, 75 yards. That's a bad catch. way to start your game. It's kind of, that was the. Um, uh, that set the tone, shall we say? Yeah, you I, give up a seventy-five yard, and that one was play. another one. One play. That was another one. I mean, he was open by ten yards yes. down the side. Uh, Double move, and Eric Reed bit. So I don't know. Maybe Eric Reed wasn't employed for so long because Eric Reed wasn't really that great of a quarter, well, cornerback. You know, listen, Maybe. cornerback is a uh, it's a cruel world out there. It is. You're you got to forget. I'm not sure where the safety help was. I don't the know safety what help there. was in the middle of the field and could not catch up to him. So yeah, well, Juju's pretty fast. He is pretty fast, but he did get close. So it was a good game. From from a Steelers perspective, I was very pleased with that. I think fifty two points. It was well, a good game. Yeah, I, like, I would say so. I like Mike Tomlin's response. I don't know if we're that good. I mean, maybe well, that sure. was just diminishing. That's what every coach is going to say. <laughs> He's right? like, oh yeah, we're actually that, that yeah. good. It made me feel good. I was a little nervous because the Thursday night games, one they're, team usually comes up listen, to play and some the other time doesn't. They're now they're now six two and one, right? Yep. Um, they're going to win 10 games, and they're going to win that division. I think you're right. They're going to win 10 games. I think they're going to win the division. And um, Connor keeps rolling along. Yes. Um, Bell has to report by Tuesday no, if he's going to play this year. No, I just saw today he's not reporting. Oh, he's not going to report uh, well, at all. The, the most recent – I shouldn't say that. It's not official, but I just was uh, re- looking on my phone on my way over here, and the reports now are that it's very unlikely he's going to report. So I think he's <laughs> – which, you know what? He's got no leverage. That's the problem. Well, it's not only he has no leverage. The Steelers don't want him. I mean, they don't want yeah. him. And they don't need him. And so, and here's the thing. Honestly, given what he's apparently angling for, he wants this massive contract. Why would you come back and play and risk getting dinged up at all? I mean, you've already sat out yeah, he doesn't the majority need service. of the year. He's got that. You know that your team doesn't want you. You've poisoned that atmosphere. Yeah. They're, they've already got a guy. I'm not even sure. Let's just take, out, take the personalities out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Given how Connor is running... I'm not sure you're automatically going to get back in the lineup. Why would they? Why would they mess with that right now? They might use him. They're yeah. going to put him in. But if his goal is, I want to go into 2019 as a free agent with complete, full health, no problems. Why would you come back? Well, for the last seven games, I read a, an article from Mike Florio today in Pro Football News, and he was saying, "Well, that gives him another year on the back end because he didn't play this year." And if by that logic, you should stop playing up until your third in your 30s anyway because then you get the back end but they forget that you get older every year. Yeah, exactly. Just because you didn't play this year doesn't mean you got younger. You just didn't get I just, dinged up. The interesting thing is going to be whether see he he views this as it's an I think at this point a no lose for him because he simply rolls into 2019, he's in perfect condition and now he's one of the three best backs in the league. But I think that this what he's done this year is going to give some people pause. Now he will definitely Should. he will definitely get a huge payday. No question. Is he going to get eighteen mil a year and forty guaranteed? I don't know. Which is what he says he wants. I don't know that because he is. I think what you saw was you took a second year back, and you're maybe not exactly duplicating, but you're pretty close with the same line. So was it the line with Bell's talent, or was it the line? I don't think he's going to get. Because I think Connor's very talented. Yeah, but I don't think you put him on the Browns, you get the same production. No, the, or, the, or Bell for that. The matter. Steelers' offensive line might be the best line in the league. Well, at least for rushing, 
Yeah. Right now. They're and, really and, good. And they're doing a very so, good no, job. So, no, I don't think – I think what's going to wind up happening here, he's going to wind up re-signing, and it's going to basically be for essentially what the Steelers were offering him. Yes. And he poisoned something he didn't have to – now, he says he wanted to stay with the Steelers, but I don't think he really did. I think he wanted to be paid first, and if it happened to be with the Steelers, great. If it's somewhere else, great. I think he's lost leverage with the Steelers and with the league. Yeah, I do. I, do I think too. there's some owner out there who will give him the money. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's going to get paid. The question is, it's not the issue of are you going to get paid. He's not going to get the he's, performance. I don't know if he's going to get what he has been holding out to get. Well, you know, I think the only way he gets it is some, a team that's very close and has that one piece they need, and I don't know who that is. It's close. Or he gets on a team that's horrible and doesn't expect him to save them. And I, that could be Jacksonville. That could well, he's be not going to sign with a team like that. If they give him enough money, would he? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's... Then he's got to take less money. Because teams that are good and poised to pr- produce well, then that already be, have expensive players. And that players. will be a very telling decision. Because if he's literally that much about the money that you're going to go sign with some basement dweller just so you can make an extra, what, $3 million a year? Maybe. I don't think that's. I don't think you and I would do that. I, I don't. I would think say any, with contender before I go to someone non-contender because I'm going to get beat up less with a contender. Have they have they won a Super Bowl with him? No. Okay, so because I couldn't remember how far. No. How, so he has not won a Super Bowl yet. Nope. See, to me, that would also change the equation a little bit. Meaning he feels like I've already got my Lombardi Trophy. I now just want to get paid, and that's I don't on, care. I understand, but that. he doesn't have one. Doesn't have a trophy. So nope. I mean, if he does that, then I would also further question what kind of competitor this guy is. I really would. Because, well, look, you're already going to make fifteen million dollars. The three, the extra three million, that's what matters to you. You got to remember the culture. It's about getting respect. Respect he is has paid. His respect. Well, I think he's lost a little respect. I from, think so too. too. Oh, I absolutely think so too. Because I can't think of a team right now that says I'm desperate enough. Again, this is a running back. I don't care what you've heard. Running backs don't command what they used to. Todd Gurley aside. Well, he he views himself as one of those guys in the the upper pantheon here that can't be considered a regular running back. But he is. Well, I he, mean, he can receive at the back room, but so can Connor. Yeah, and Connor's paid a whole lot less to look, do the same I don't, thing. I don't dispute that Le'Veon Bell, when he's healthy and playing well, is one of the top three running backs in the league. But I I, I don't know. This doesn't. This leaves a bad taste. Um, it, it's been unusual because. I would normally not say that. Guys hold out all the time. They don't hold out this but long. But this has been strange, and the reaction of his teammates, you don't usually see that. You don't usually see guys bad-mouthing. They, they just don't comment, right? It's like, right. listen, that's his money. We don't go there. The Steelers are clearly ticked off about this, and it, it simply doesn't look good for him that the guy that was the backup, if you just towed up the raw numbers, yeah. is basically doing a 99.7% simulation of you. Of you. Yeah. Well, I think it. the guys commented because they thought he would sign the sheet and come in before Labor Day. And he didn't because he did last year, did the same yeah. thing. And he didn't come in. And now he's hurting the team. It's one thing to say, get your money, but it wasn't going to change between July 18th and September 5th. It wasn't – the money was not going to – it couldn't change. It I wasn't mean, allowed to be changed. How hollow is he going to feel if the Steelers wind up winning a Super Bowl this year? And the Steelers are one of the teams that could win a Super a Bowl. And then he winds up signing, you know, with whatever, Tampa yeah. for $18 million. You, You're going to feel better about your career when you retire that no. you made that decision? No. But he's 26, and he thinks I it matters to get the money. And I, I can't see I'm in a situation because I've never been in well, a situation. Well, and I would I get that. Except for the fact that it's not the difference between, listen, 
you're offering me four million a year, and now I can make no, no. It's literally the difference between fifteen million a year and eighteen million a year. Now, obviously, three million dollars is a lot of money. Yes, but how much is it really at that level? It can't be. It can't be all or nothing. It can't, can't be that important. What? Be. By the way, what is he going to net out? Okay, so yeah. after taxes, after agent, that three million dollars probably represents about a million bucks. Probably. He's losing a million bucks with every game check almost. He's losing like 880000 a game. Yeah, so what you're looking yeah. at there is the value of one game, mm-hmm. of one season. Yeah. That's what he's going to hold out, not play for a year, to gain over the next what? He wants a five-year contract? That's what he wants? Really? You're not – at 26 – The price of one game check. It's He's 26. You don't get a five-year contract for 26-year-old running back. Not anymore. You may right. in the past. Jim Brown may have gotten it. Now, You're not the, getting that. The game check is also, you know, it's before tax. But the Correct. point is, is that it doesn't amount in 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 context. Right. It's not a huge amount of money at all. In the grand scheme, it probably isn't. It's a and, very insignificant amount of money. But see, I think he could have made that up on endorsements in in yeah. Pittsburgh, in regional endorsements. He could have made that money back without having to go somewhere else or fight the team. Because here's what it comes down to for me. If I'm any team, and he let's say he sits out the rest of the season, doesn't play at all this year, didn't tell the team, not communication with the team, not telling them, the agent hasn't talked to anybody, why would any other team say, I'm going to back up the truck to your house because I want you so badly? Because if he can do it to one team, he can do it to another team. How often right. are they going to say, yeah, I don't need you that badly. Here's my offer because if I get burnt, I'm out less money. I'm not going to give you $40 million guaranteed because I can't guarantee you're going to be here. And I can't guarantee you're going to play the whole season because you played one whole season in your entire career. Yeah. One 16 game point. season. It'll be fascinating to see how this actually shakes out for him. I question whether it's going to work the way he intended. Well, I think he got bad advice from Scott Boris, and, you know, that's what it is. Scott's getting Scott's gotten paid for that client, and he hasn't done a whole lot for that client, so maybe that's why. That's part of the problem. Bosa never coming back? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm hearing reports that he's uh, that he's now sprinting in a straight line. It's not bothering him. So I think there's still – I don't know. I mean, it would be great. The next three games that the Chargers have, they should win all three. Okay. Um, does he play in those or? Not? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Um, and then, then they have the brutal stretch to end the season where they have to play Pittsburgh. They've got to play the Bengals. They got to play the Chiefs. But you um, want him coming back in the bad stretch without having any reps? It doesn't matter. I mean, that, look, I want him back now. Yeah. I'm just thinking, is it realistic? I don't think so. It seems like it's probably a couple of weeks away. And you know, they're not going to take. In, in other words. If the issue is we're going to let him out one more game so we don't have, you know, we don't rush him back at all, then they're going to hold him out as long as possible until sure. they feel completely confident. Okay. Um, bottom line is. Do they need him to. Win there's the, no, there's win. no way that they're going to, in my view, beat. They're not going to beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm. uh, certainly not in the playoffs without 100% or very close to it, Joey Bosa. Okay. Um, and let's, if they intend to get to the Super Bowl, they need him. I mean, okay. they're a totally different team. He's one of the two or three best defensive ends in football. Sure. That changes, and their defense is actually playing pretty well now. Yeah. They've, they've kind of found their footing without him in because they've kind of had to change some schemes. Uh, Melvin Ingram, you know, obviously gets a lot more attention. Bosa transforms that defense sure. into a what's now a 
a decent unit, they're playing okay, into potentially a very dominating unit for the playoffs. And you're not going to win in the playoffs without him. So, so they don't win the divisions. They have to go in as a wild card at best. Yeah, I mean, if they have to go in as a wild card, you know, then they basically, I think, have to go through, you know, some combination of Pittsburgh, uh, Kansas City, New England. I mean, that's gonna be you tough. want to talk about that's impossible. In, in nobody, nobody's going through that. Pittsburgh, New England, and Kansas City in January for a team from Southern California. Yeah, nobody's going through that. If they have Bosa back at 100, percent I think they're I think they're as good as anybody in the AFC. I really do. Okay, uh, but. You know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. They got the kicker situation figured out. No, no, they now have the. They're now back to the guy. I mean, th- this is unbelievable. They could write a whole book about this. You know, so now they got the guy back that they cut and put on the. Uh, you know what do they call it? The, the uh, practice squad. The practice squad. Who puts a kicker on the practice squad? That's amazing. Right. And what does that tell you? It's like, um, <laughs> the best person. Listen, we got ten people. One of them's a good kicker. So listen, he, here's the other thing. They cut the guy. That had made all of his field goals and all of his extra points. Now, they didn't like the fact that he has his leg is not very strong, and so his kickoffs are putrid. But you put the guy back in that was at 60% on field goals and extra points. Like, how does that even make sense? Why would you put why would you cut the guy that you brought on while Sturgis was hurt, who had made every kick? Yeah. Every what kick. What about the guy from last year that they cut out? Aguayo? Yeah. Was it Aguayo? I thought it was an Asian guy. Oh, Young Hu Ku. Yeah, can you bring he's him the back? guy that they watched on YouTube. He's like, hey, look, he could do a he could do a backflip and kick it barefoot. So they cut him they after two he, weeks. He couldn't actually kick it in the NFL. Yeah, they got rid of Josh Lambeau, who was actually pretty decent. He wasn't great, but he was solid. He goes to Jacksonville. Is that Curly Lambeau's great grandson? Yeah. You know, then they got rid of the they got rid of their punter because because he couldn't hold properly for Sturgis. <laughs> Apparently, not the issue. They brought in ancient Doug Jones, who averages like thirty seven yards a punt. <laughs> it's, they have the worst special teams in the league so, now. Other than um, King is an excellent punt returner, yeah. but in terms of their kicking, it is like I said, it's a dumpster fire inside of a sun. <laughs> it, it's just it's just unbelievable. So. You're not happy with that, the special teams. No, and, and Badgley, again, what's going to happen now? Here's the problem. If you need a guy to kick a, you know, crunch time 50-yard field goal, okay, that's kind of now where for most kickers now, okay, it's not automatic, but mm-hmm. most of these guys are like, okay, that's – first, the distance is not a problem. Like 70%, we're going to make this. I don't know. Does he get it to the, <laughs> does he get it to the end zone? I, I don't know. What do you do? I don't know. I don't have the answer. Do you for like? It. Do you now do some YouTube search for some guy that all he does is kick like fifty-yard field goals? I'm looking for a soccer star. Right, here. I need some. I need some roided up dude. You know, like Ooh. we need to bring you in as our specialist. Is, all you do is if it's over fifty yards, you kick. Is it. Tony Zendaya still available? I, I don't know. I, I just I've never seen anything like this, and you know because it's the Chargers. That's what's going to happen. Oh yeah, they're going to be in Kansas City with a chance to win the division, and it's going to be they have to kick a forty-nine yard field goal, and Badgley's going to go out there and kick it right down the middle, and it's going to land like three yards short in the end zone. No, I think it's going to be they need to get an extra point to win it, and he's going to miss. He's going to shank it. No, 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 no. He won't do that. Either that or he will kick. Here's the thing. No, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be about six seconds left on the clock. He's going to kick the field goal, but then he's going to kick off to like the 50-yard line, and they're going to, and they're run, it going to run it back for a touchdown. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Anything like that could happen. You never know. That's why you watch the games because you never know what's going to happen. Anything else? To, my, my Michigan Wolverines are now I'll tell you what. in fourth. Um, we'll see if they can hold it. for the. I mean, they still have to play Ohio State, and they'll have to play the Big Ten Championship before that. Okay, here's determined. If they lose to Ohio State. Well, it's over. Then, but no. not only that. 
they are clearly the best team in the Big Ten this year. Right now, yes. There is that. no excuse because Ohio State yeah. does not look good. No. Michigan should beat – where are they playing that game? Uh, in Ohio, I believe. Okay. So, all right. It's, so, it's at the shoe. That's a little bit more difficult. But Michigan should still win that game by a touchdown. I hope so because Michigan – Ohio State struggled today with uh, – I know. They have uh, somebody they shouldn't have struggled with. Michigan State, right? Yeah, Michigan State, yes. Well, Michigan State's good, but – They're not that good. That was an ugly game. Ohio State's offense – Penn State didn't look good against Wisconsin. Well, Penn State's not that good. Well, I, I, I'm sure the Penn State fans would like to disagree, but Brad, you know who you are. No, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, and I don't know whether – I didn't watch the game. Did Penn State win? They did, 22-10. All right, well, that's actually a good – that's a good win for them. Wisconsin's no joke. Wisconsin's um, going to probably win the West, but that's not saying much, really. You know, Penn State this year is a good team. Yeah. They're, they're, they're good, but they are not a top-10 team. Well, they're, they're, they're one-dimensional team. They don't have Saquon Barkley. They're not a two-dimensional team, and that's unfortunate enough. Well, Sanders is not terrible, but um, they're – I'll tell you what. Moorhead, their offensive coordinator, mattered. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Their offense does not look nearly as dynamic. Obviously, you don't have Saquon. That's part of that that problem. McSorley has not looked as good. And he's been injured. I'll give him that. He's hurt. But you play with what you got, and he's the best option out there, whether you're not. Listen, I'm not not a huge Penn State fan. I love McSorley. That guy is, you know, you want to talk about gutty, gritty gamer. Yeah. Uh, And he, listen, he just wins. I think his career record, didn't he win? He won three state championships. I think the last one he lost in the champ, he was going to win four in a row. Yeah. I think something like he, that. He comes to play in big games. So he's, he's he is a he great— show, He shows up when he's supposed to show up. He has up. been a great college player. I don't think he's going to translate to the NFL. I don't think he's big enough. He's not Drew Brees. I don't think he has enough wise. I don't think he has enough arm talent, yeah. um, and he's not a big guy. Might see. He, might, he might catch uh, on look, somewhere. I think he will latch on as a solid kind of backup QB. Uh, I think he could do that. In but, the right offense. I yeah. think he's in the right offense for that. Talent. But, you know, Michigan, from what I've seen— they should handle Ohio State. If they don't, the reason they won't is because Harbaugh will get out coached. That's well, that's the only could reason. Certainly happen that has because their before. defense right now it looks I like agree. the best defense in the country. But they they blew it a couple years ago and they were up big and couldn't seem to hold on to it three years ago. So I don't I don't have well, any confidence that until the game's over that they actually won. As it's going right now, they should be in the playoff. I mean, if they beat Ohio State, they, they well, yeah, and they have to play the Big Ten game, the Big Ten championship game, and I assume that's either going to be Wisconsin. Yeah, and that should not be a problem. Shouldn't be, but we'll see. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens. I Alabama didn't win real big today over Ole Miss. Well, Tua got hurt, right? Yes, but it's still that's concerning if what you're was Alabama. It? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like twenty six nothing. Yeah, which twenty six nothing. But if Tua gets hurt Ole and Miss they don't have Tua right and Jalen Hurts has to play, they're still the best team in the country. But now there's actually hope. Yes, there's hope. If Tua is healthy and playing, there's no hope. There's no hope. Correct. And the uh, Buffalo Bills were installed as a 28-and-a-half-point favorite over Alabama this week. Yeah, that's absolutely If correct. that game ever actually happened. Th- that's correct. <laughs> um, any, anybody who thinks that uh, a college football team could beat the worst team in, in the NFL is crazy. Yes. They're, the, the best college team of any there's, era. There's a reason. Remember, even on the worst team in the NFL, every guy that's starting was one of the best players in college football. Yes. Like, so – there is no college team that has ever existed. In fact, you could put together the all-time college all-star team yes. and play against a terrible NFL team, and they would still lose. How about the Browns? What, this year's Browns? Any year's Browns. Uh, no, the Browns would destroy Alabama. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's out there to keep it in perspective, folks. That yes. It doesn't matter how bad they are in the NFL. They're still Nathan better. P- Nathan Peterman would carve up Alabama. That's sad because Nathan Peterman doesn't carve up anything. He's not actually starting. He's now uh, Matt Barkley is playing. 
That's even worse. Yes. <laughs> that tells you that tells you the death that's spiral how, that the Bills are in. Right now. They are in this right now. That's all I got, Tony. That is all I have. If the if the Chargers lose to the Raiders, there will be no podcast next week because <laughs> uh, I will be in seclusion. I don't think the Chargers are going to lose to the Raiders. Listen, just quiet right now. Don't even say anything else. This is the Chargers we're talking about. I know, but then I think the Raiders are ejecting players. They are. Cutting players this, every this day. This is exactly why. Do they still even have 53 people on the roster? I don't roster? even know. I don't even know. Are they down to 14 on the roster playing right, Iron it's Man It's a fire football? sale. It's like, it's like the scene from who you... They, uh, my team is on the field. <laughs> this is what I got. Coach, you only have three linemen. My team is on the field. <laughs> That's all I got. If you don't like it too bad, this is what I got. Yes, your kicker is playing wide out. I, my team is on the field. <laughs> I trust David Carr. He went to my QB camp. Yes. He's really good. He's In really fact, good. he's he's for sale to the uh, the highest bidder. <laughs> you give me some for pack of Skittles. <laughs> okay, so if, if you don't hear from us, that's because that's right. the if Raiders is, I'm somehow serious. won. I'm serious. If the Raiders win, there's not going to be a podcast <laughs> because I will be hospitalized. Let's hope that doesn't happen for your sake. All right. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.